Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith, this is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants. It's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week, university-conducted, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about Zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Bioptimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product Mag Breakthrough. Today's guest is one of the OGs in the game, especially around all things health or functional health. Her name is Dr. Grace Liu. She has been on Gaia TV. She's been on Dave Asprey's podcast. I mean, she speaks all over the place. She's the best-selling author of a book called Seven Steps to Heal SIBO. She's an IFM-trained functional medicine practitioner and the founder of the Gut Institute. She's a clinical pharmacist with a doctorate in practice of over 20 years and specializes in complex disease management. One of the products that we get into on this show that she makes is a probiotic that is used for oxalate clearing. And that's kind of been all of the craze within the carnivore space, sometimes in the keto space. You see people demonizing a lot of oxalates. And I think there's some validity in that. But I do believe that there is some gut dysfunction and maybe some shutting down of the detox pathways that is 
decreasing the body's ability to clear oxalates contained within food. So it's a different perspective from um, actually just demonizing oxalates as a whole, but actually taking some responsibility in the fact that your body should be able to clear a good amount of these oxalates and still stay within a healthy balance. So she has a product that you can take on her website. It's called Microbiome Mojo that'll help you with oxalate clearing if you are having some symptoms from high oxalate foods. We also get into peptides, different bacterial strands that she has on her website to help with gut function as well. We get into different uh, like resistant starch and different fiber products. I love acacia fiber, so we get into that a little bit. The peptides are awesome. She really likes injections, although she sells the capsules on her website. I believe the injections are more effective, but not everybody's willing to do the injections, so I can get why the encapsulated peptides really are uh, making a wave and making a big name within the scene of peptides. We even get into psychedelics a little bit and how that can help from a psychological standpoint while you're healing. Yeah, I know uh, as far as my experience, when you have that high level of neuroinflammation going on while you're healing, while you're detoxing, while you're trying to gain balance, a microdose of a psychedelic or maybe even a macrodose, if that calls to you, can really keep you pushing the needle forward, moving towards better health because what can happen is you can get really depressed and really down on yourself if it takes months or years in my case to heal and the psychedelics for me kind of help me stay in balance and not be so depressed not really have any suicidal thoughts or anything like that because the healing took so long so i think you guys are really going to enjoy this show she is just a wealth of knowledge all about things to do with anything to do with gut health Enjoy the show with Dr. Grace Liu. Dr. Grace, welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm doing great. Doing good. Yeah, I'm excited today. I've had, I think, one podcast around um, a lot of gut health stuff, and it was with Tina from uh, Just Thrive. But you have a lot of different, unique uh, protocols and supplements, and you're in similar views. You do use some of the stuff that they use as well and have some of the same ideas. But it's kind of funny. We... I think I didn't even know who you were, but you reached out talking about combo and how if we, if I had any science on combo and um, and gut, and I didn't really have any white papers for it. I reached out to a few people, but we have seen some dramatic improvements with the combo peptides and they've been researched, but there's not a lot of science around combo. So it's kind of funny how we linked up talking about combo peptides. Yeah, I love combo. I mean, the few peptides they've studied um, are pretty wild. Yeah, so you've done combo? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of many rainforest medicines, plant, animal, and otherwise. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know. When you reached out, I wasn't sure if you had tried combo or not. But yeah, it's awesome. I've seen a lot of... uh, It feels like after you do a combo ceremony that you almost like digest things better like the the weeks after. It feels very like you you cleaned out for sure. So the peptides must be working on some of the systems in there. Yeah, I mean, um, the few studies that I've seen, they're antimicrobial, so antiviral, antifungal, anti-Lyme, antibacterial for pathogens, not the good stuff, hopefully. Um, and we hear so many tre- tremendous healing with combo, right? Um, it's emotional digestion as well as other stuff that are toxic and so much remission for cancers, actually, right? Yeah, that's actually how I got into it was with, uh, I had Lyme disease. So I was seeing Dr. Minkoff, but then I kind of got into 
to the alternative stuff and was kind of using combo as an adjunct therapy on top of the ozone and the herbs and all the IVs. And then uh, I liked it so much. I just went and got trained and then I got trained in an advanced course uh, that specifically targets like Lyme and autoimmune conditions because those people are a little bit more sensitive. So I can give them like some binders, some NAC, some different things that'll kind of help them because they, they tend to have the worst, the people with the most like chronic infections or heavy metals or toxins tend to have the worst outcomes. Like they can be more puffy. They can be a lot more tired in the days following. So we're kind of learning some ways to stack. Like I have them on a PEMF mat. I have them taking zeolites after I have, you know, NAC or maybe some charcoal kind of just depends on who it is and what, what we're working through. But I have a few of us that are trying to kind of stack this protocol so that the combo is not so rough for those patients who are dealing with. I mean, I basically just wish I knew that when I had Lyme, because I, I would get wiped out from a combo ceremony. If if I would have knew about all these things I could have been taking on top, it would have probably really helped yeah. out. Well, your lucky combo worked because so many people, they're not moving anything. They may go through several combo therapy, uh, therapy sessions, right. And not move anything because their lymph is so stuck, right. Congested and literally calcified. Yeah. I think though, even though I was like super, super fatigued and tired, I would like force myself to do I had a sauna I bought a sauna for the house and I would do like yin yoga and I would try to walk in the sun even though it was like the last thing that I wanted to do but I knew if I just didn't move at all that it just like nothing was going to work yeah so I'm really grateful like for gut protocols and like uh peptides now um the whole realm of bioregulators and peptides have opened up and we have so many great resources you know I have um relationships with um really high 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 quality, high level, uh, type of peptides, um, with codes so people can use them and we get their immune system as healthy as we can before doing more invasive stuff. And even before binders, actually, yeah, binders can be quite a herxing reaction for a lot of people with mold and Lyme and other problems. Um, so combo can be quite, quite a lot to radically, you know, shift things. And because it drains electrolytes, um, with the high, you know, amount of volume, if you're doing, you know, if you're doing wet versus dry combo, right. Um, you know, it can be quite a lot and you don't want to disrupt the electrolytes too much. You know, some people might lead to seizures or heart attack strokes or palpitations and heart issues, or, you know, um, we're hearing more problems. I think people are just so much more sick now after SARS-CoV-2, uh, COVID long haul, long COVID is really quite a thing. You know, combine it with all the other co-infections, mold, coat, Lyme, and other co-infections, you know, that people are often dealing with these days. It's it's really quite tremendous, I think. Yeah, that that's what basically what I you kind of described me. I had was in a moldy house, I had heavy metals, I had Lyme, I had Epstein Bar, I had Babesia. It's like it's like, it like once you have like this toxic bucket, you you kind of just anything and everything can live in you. I've eliminated like a million parasites over the time. But I know you had uh, kind of a traditional background in like medicine and then you dealt with some health issues as well. And that's what kind of shifted you over to the functional world. You want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you got sick and how you healed up? Yeah. So my journey is like a lot of our clients, um, probably 10 times worse, you know, but um, I got super mired into pharmaceuticals. You know, I thought they were like the cure for everybody. I ran many campaigns kind of, you know, in terms of population management. And I quickly saw through my own lens, my health issues when I got onto a lot of pharmaceuticals and interventions like a dental implant, uh, 
intrauterine device for birth control, uh, Mirena IUD. It's a really high dose xenoprogestin. It's as bad as xenoprogestin. Uh, estrogens that we hear about and other endocrine disruptors and antibiotics and a vaccine I didn't really need. My health just like plummeted like this. You know, uh, when you get like an artificial uh, device in your body, uh, I had multiple at that time, um, your body can only deal with certain things, right? And then you start developing allergies and maybe food allergies and then it's metal allergies. I wasn't really allergic to mercury, and then I did a Clifford test at the height of a peak of my uh, acute health illness, and I was allergic to every material, hundreds and hundreds of biomaterials and materials that contain mercury. Anything that had mercury, the Clifford test showed I was allergic to it. And earlier, I wasn't that bad. Like, I actually was super healthy. I was lean. I had good hormones. I was running half marathons and had peak hormones, you know, and fertility. But at some point when the health shifted, I became allergic to everything, including myself. Um, and that's when trauma plays a piece, right? And that's why we have to start looking at, you know, ways to heal the emotional body, not just our, our auric body, our, you know, our physical body, our, you know, we have to start looking at the spiritual body and the um, emotional body, I feel like. So I'm so grateful for Combo and practitioners like you who start to look at the whole whole picture, you know, what brings about good health, you know, at every level, vibrational, physical, mental, um, and emotional. Um, so I had to go through every level, you know, the first was just the physical and it just took a couple protocols and then my health came back online. And, um, you know, it's, there's like struggles there. Um, I make a probiotic because I found on the market, nothing worked, you know, VSL number three, people seem to love it, but then it really has a high dose of strep. It literally triggers every person on it because strep is a big problem. You know, it shows up on every GI map, stool kit, any stool kit that you do, it's an overgrowth and you don't want to give strep if someone's dealing with it and they have antibodies to it. Just like you wouldn't want to give Lyme to someone if you're making antibodies to Lyme, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the world of probiotics, you know, uh, people get into pharma products. VSL number three is a pharma product. So I made a probiotic that was strep free. It's also histamine free because in the beginning when people are really ill, they may or may not get diagnosed properly with SIRS or mast cell, but they have mast cell and SIRS, <laughs> complex immune problems. And their histamines are, you know, either depleted, like their adrenal glands or, you know, really high. And they get a lot of allergic responses to anything, anything they eat, even water they look at, you know, and <laughs> other things. So we got to bring the immune system down. So I'm really grateful for peptides. You know, we do a lot of the thymazine um, peptides, like high dose TA1, thymosin alpha one, and a couple other peptides to bring about really, you know, quicker healing bioregulators and, and um, ways to heal when our brain, our pineal gland, the hypothalamus pituitary system and adrenals, they might be calcified or exhausted because they're not online. You know, the co-infections get in and start to calcify everything particularly mold and, and candida and yeast. These all release a lot of oxalates. It's not that someone's allergic to kale or spinach. It's actually the oxalates coming out of these microorganisms in their terrain, their gut, their nose, throat, their vagina, everything. And the, these oxalates can start calcifying, especially when they're combined with heavy metals. Mercury and oxalate, when they combine, there's a 10,000-fold um, insolubility quotient. It won't dissolve compared to magnesium and oxalate by 10,000-fold. But as soon as we can start, you know, looking at what is contributing to oxalates, we can start to change the calcification picture and open up the lymph. 
And a lot of people can't open the lymph because they don't have oxalate degrading bacteria. So I made a probiotic. There's five oxalate degraders in it. And that starts to coat the body and the terrain. And then they can start switching their health around. Yeah. You're under stress or living in mold. For sure. You actually read my mind because I wanted to talk about that product. I seen that on your website. When I was super sick, I was, you know, you start trying different diets because you just don't know what's wrong Mm -hmm. with you at first. And I did notice that I was super sensitive to oxalic foods and I was, you know, so I was doing the carnivore thing and maybe I'd have some honey if I wanted some carbs and, um, it was really like rough, but then my, I would have like diarrhea. So I would have to use like some acacia fiber to kind of not have that because I didn't have any fiber coming in. But um, do you think, well, for one, first, will you explain exactly like what oxalates are? And then on the back end, like a two-part question, do you think that like the oxalates are actually harming people because their immune system so dysfunction? Like, should we be able to like process and eliminate oxalates from food? Yeah. So I'm going to answer your second question first. So we should be able to always be able to break down oxalates. Yeah. And to make it more complex, we even have nutrigenomics. I like to look at people's genetics. Um, Not everyone gets ill. You know, some people are warriors and they can truck through a lot of stuff. Usually those who get ill, they have certain genetic mutations. And one mutation is called AGXT. These are a lot of autism or spectrum people and other people who get a lot of gut problems and mental issues. AGXT breaks, it's our natural endogenous pathway that breaks down oxalates because oxalates are also made by our mitochondria when the carburetors don't work. It's a, it's a, it's a pollution product from mitochondria where we break down energy all day, every day, every second for any demand, right? Our mitochondria are our powerhouses and oxalates are just one of the pieces of pollution that come out and we should be able to break it down. And those who can't, they may have genetic issues where the babies die instantly. They get calcified within just a few weeks, a few months, a few days. And they usually have disorders like type 1, type 2, hypoxyria. Now, for the rest of the people, um, this does still make a difference how many mutations we have at AGXT. And we can support our our natural pathways with B vitamins, particularly all the active ones like P5P, and activated uh, thiamine B1 and B12, activated ones, not vegetarian versions. So vegans are going to have a problem. Not really a big fan of veganism if someone's really trying to heal. And glutathione, a lot of magnesium, a lot of glutathione will, will support the AGXT pathways naturally. Now, the second thing is we can, we should be able to. So unless someone's had a lot of antibiotics or stress and mold, they should have the strains that are in my probiotic, Bifidobacteria longum, Bifidobacteria lactis, to name a few, Lactobacillus rhamnosus. We have five different oxalate degrading bacteria in my probiotic. It's called Microbiome Mojo. It's on our Gut Institute website, the Gut Institute website. And um, it's also the other product is called the uh, uh, Bifido Maximus. It's sold on the Gut Institute. And these have the species that we're, all babies are supposed to have. They get it from mom. And then it's transferred, you know, grandma to mom, right? And great, great, great grandma to great, great, great grandma and to great, to grandmother. We're, there's a vertical lineage unless it's broken. C-section, antibiotics. This is how we're breaking our passage of um, rites of passage. And now so many kids are born with all these health issues because they don't have the natural pathway to break down oxalates coming from either themselves, the mitochondria, 
or food, kale, spinach, and other oxalate-rich foods. All, all of nature's best, richest, densest foods have oxalates in it because these are so nutritious and amazing. Mother Nature cloaked these with oxalates. So herbivores, if they ate too much, they would get crystallizations around their mouth and like start to bleed in their gut because <laughs> it would crystallize and like start to cause ulcers. That's how Mother Nature cloaks her most precious foods. And so herbivores won't just mow down all of Mother Nature's creations, right? And some seeds, you know, and plants have it. Now, another source now we have that's gone out of range because of antibiotics. When we give antibiotics, then we lose the good flora. We get pathogenic bacteria overgrowth. We get fungal overgrowth. So every fungi species makes oxalates. And I look at an organic acid test to look at these measures, like how much mold is present, how much candida is present, how much yeasts are present. I don't use Saccharomyces boulardii ever. It's an oxalate source. It is not a probiotic. It's found on lychee fruit, not naturally endogenous to the human native microbiome. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I kind of wondered that. And then sometimes I do look at like modern food. And so you'll see like high uh, oxalic acid foods like almonds and people will just use almond flour, almond milk, almonds. And it's like, I don't think we would have had access to that many almonds probably, you know, in historical, but now they're just like, you can get bags and bags of them in flour. So I do think there's <laughs> a potential where you should pay attention to like the foods that you're eating a little bit and realize that you probably wouldn't have just ate like bags of almonds. Uh, like historically, but also I do think that a lot of the carnivore community, after being in the carnivore community for a while, I think that they are dealing with some kind of like liver and gut and kind of lymph issues. And that's why they feel so good on an extreme diet. And I like how you're kind of saying we can put back in some of these strands that have been lost generationally, or maybe you just did a bunch of antibiotics in your lifetime because you were sick or like me, I was just on antibiotics all the time when I was younger because I would have these ear infections. So that probably right. led me into the accumulating of more infections and things like that because I just wiped my system out like year after year with these antibiotics from ear infections. So I probably ended up getting sicker, couldn't, couldn't really handle handle the oxalates and it was good for me to take a break but now I don't really notice much when I do have oxalate foods I don't really feel like they're doing much to me and I haven't took your product but I feel like I've just kind of balanced out over time I've uh, eliminated a lot of heavy metals killed off the lime got out of the moldy house things like that that's ideal yeah not everyone realizes that yeah and carnivores, if they don't feed their good flora, like the butyrate makers, I call them the ABCs, Acromantia, the Bifidobacteria longum, and Lactis, and our Clostridiolus. The Clostridiolus is a big group. It's half of our gut. And they make butyrate. And they have to be fed with cooked starches, which no carnivore really eats. Or paleo, or you know, strict paleo, or AIP, or SCD, or all those. So they're really deficient on butyrate. And they're really all at risk for like colorectal cancer and other cancers without butyrate because butyrate is such an amazing anti-cancer moiety chemical. Yeah. Um, and the more we deprive um, of these flora, you know, the more absent and bankrupt they get, the more bigger the leaky gut, the permeability of the gut. And then when they do eat, when carnivores eat my probiotic, what they've had is, you know, the leakiness causes even bifidobacteria and lacto to start streaming into their bloodstream by accident. They are actually allergic to even their own flora like bifido and lacto. And some have tried our probiotic and they get bloody stools. 
And it's like, well, hey, most people, healthy people tolerate a tablespoon a day of our probiotic. Why can't you? Well, it's because they have such extreme permeability. Now they're allergic to their own flora. And that's a huge problem. It's hard to fix carnivores' guts. I would almost say it's almost impossible because they're married. If they're a public figure, they're married also to the paradigm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what role do you think um, fiber plays with a lot of this bacteria? And is there like a specific amount of fiber you usually recommend or is everybody kind of bio-individual in that department? Um, well, I will customize uh, protocols. And um, a lot of times in the beginning, uh, people can tolerate a certain amount. Um, if they're really, really hella, hella sick, you know, mast cell mold, Cipro, Ofloxacin, you know, um, Levofloxacin damage, <clears throat> Lyme, many, many co-infections. They may not be able to tolerate a lot of fiber in the beginning or FODMAPs, but it's really critical to get them in, even if there are small pinches over time, along with our probiotics, small pinches, you know, over time to gradually acclimate the whole terrain, because then you'll rebuild the actual architecture of the immune system. Remember the immune system, it's 89% the GI tract, small intestines, and it's actually the flora itself. And if you don't start rebuilding it, health won't ever be achieved. You know, you can do 20 protocols for parasites or fungal or SIBO. They won't heal completely, right? You have to build the architecture back up again, resurrect those flora. So if we look at like longevity people from all around the world with different ethnic backgrounds and genetic backgrounds, they all have the ABCs, Acromantia, Bifobacteria longum, and butyrate-making flora, high amounts of it, high amounts of Bifobacteria high amounts of Acromantia. Not extreme where it's high, high, excessive, you know, but there's a sweet zone for all these flora. And it's like a good business, you know, if it's not in debt and they're growing consistently, sustainably, um, there's no bankruptcies, right? And there's good practices, right? And if we look at I like to look at centenarians, blue zones. We have a lot of microbiome data now from Italy, Bama, Sardinia, um, Nicoya in Costa Rica. Um, all of them in their guts have the ABCs, Acromantia, Bifidobacteria longum, Bifidolactis, and the butyrate makers, and particularly Roseburia and uh, Fecalibacterium, Eubacteria, many different species and strains. So I could name them because we have a lot of studies based on these. And these all eat certain fibers. And many of these carnivores don't eat, okay? And many are intolerant because they're, again, I was trying to explain to you, if someone has really severe leaky gut, they're even allergic to their own flora, just like they're allergic to maybe their, their candida, the yeast and other things, if you actually check it, right? They're making antibodies to it. And we want to gradually bring them back in um, because they're going to regulate whether someone is allergic or not to their own stuff. Yeah. So the fiber we'd like to do, um, I like to do for clients is some inulin, some psyllium. And then if they're looking at different metrics, you know, if they'll say they're trying to lose weight, we try to bring in fibers that are shown to lose weight, like psyllium, a little bit of oat fiber, any of the oligosaccharides like inulin, FOS, GOS, XOS, any of those and um, glucomannan is pretty phenomenal. You know, the mannin oligosaccharides are really great. They're gooey. They mimic our mucus when we make healthy mucus. And that creates a sterility zone that keeps mold away 
It keeps candida away, right? It keeps yeast and other fungi away that are pathogenic, and it keeps SIBO away. It keeps them in balance. So we get, you know, the ABCs there flourishing because they produce yeah. the health of the gut. They make butyrate and they make all these really great pep hormones and peptides, you know, and they make serotonin. So people are happy and they're not crazy, paranoid, you know, bipolar. Yeah, I've tried a lot of those like psyllium husk and different things over time, but I kind of landed my favorite one that I've used is acacia fiber. Do you have any thoughts around that? Acacia is really great. We have a lot of good IBS studies on it. Um, I use an ultra binder detoxer from Quicksilver and 50% of it's acacia. Oh, is it? Yeah. It seems like when I, I kind of got introduced to it by like Dave Asprey. He used to have like a powder that you could put in your coffee and I, I was looking at the ingredients and it was like mostly acacia. And I started like doing some research around it. And that was a few years back, probably like three years ago. And I've kind of just played around with it ever since off and on. And I've noticed when I take a break from it that I just, my bowels aren't as good. Like my stomach really enjoys just even a little bit like in my coffee of that acacia fiber. I have better stools. I have better just overall gut function. So I, I tend to play with that quite often. Yeah. When you have really good gut health, you know, you can move away from certain protocols and you'll be pretty good just with diet alone. And if we look ancestrally, the paleo, our paleolithic ancestors, like um, like a few hundred, you know, tens, tens of 10, 10,000 years ago, um, they had probably very likely upward of a hundred grams of prebiotics daily, soluble, mm -hmm. insoluble, and other types of fiber, poly polyphenols. Wow. Did you say a hundred grams? Yeah. Wow. That seems unreal. Well, they didn't eat a lot. That was pre-agriculture. So they weren't eating cooked starches, which is a really great prebiotic. It doesn't show up on labeling right now for supplement facts, nutrition facts, but they, when we are properly acidified, you know, like let's say you have, you're not achlorhydric, you're making, you're making plenty of um, gastric juices and acid. If you don't, people can just eat a salad and have vinegar on their salad and consume that, right? Like one or two tablespoons a day. Um, but if you're making plenty of acid, your gut will get to a pH of one or two. That will acidify and change cooked starches into resistant starches type three. And that's a fiber that really feeds the butyrate making uh, gut flora, like Roseburia and Eubacteria and Fecalobacterium presnalsi. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about resistant starch because I've never actually done any resistant starch supplements. So maybe you have a recommendation around that. But what I do is it's... Uh, I'll buy like a five pound bag of white potatoes and I put them in the pressure cooker. I just cook them all at once. And then obviously my wife and I, we're not going to eat five pounds in one sitting. So they get cooled and we kind of have those over the next few days. And I feel like I have an improvement like in like brain fog, like clarity, like my body tends to really, really enjoy that resistance starch from the white potatoes. It kind of makes me want to like try out some supplements because I don't always eat white potatoes. So I don't cook them. Maybe like once a week we do that and then we have them for like a couple days, but then we run out. But what's the deal with resistance starch? So our kind humans have never really eaten raw starches because in general, they're, they're, they're lethal. You know, any kind of herbivore that tries to eat raw potatoes or raw rice, um, they end up dying. They get cancers and other things. There's a lot of anti-nutrients in them. And we're, our kind is meant to cook. You know, we develop fire about 
maybe even a million years ago, you know, Homo Neanderthal and Homo, I believe Nadia, they were using fire. They're probably cooking their tubers and other underground starches until they, until agriculture became available. And most cultures, if you look at longevity cultures, the centenarians, they all eat beans and rice or potatoes. This is the cook resistant starch that all civilization, if they have healthy guts, um, can consume. And if they have healthy acid, they're going to, you're going to make the starch conform and change. So they don't become a glycemic impact. You know, it won't impact your blood sugars, um, but it actually feeds the flora really well. Like you noticed. Yeah. And it's so important to get this because you're going to make butyrate. The flora will make butyrate, which can, you know, change other things. You're also going to make a lot of acetate and then some flora will, or our mechanisms, the acetate will change the butyrate. So we need, we need, we need these short chain fatty acids. They're all saturated fats and they nourish the body. They feed our colon cells and they help the, the gut to heal. So I'm not into raw starches. You might see some things about it. You know, um, they're all kind of false. Um, raw starch will feed sugar eating bacteria and yeast. If someone's healthy, you know, they may not notice very much, but most people who are ill and they have imbalance in the gut, the sugar fermenting flora are particularly very, very toxic and lethal, like candida, yeast, mold. They all eat these these raw carbohydrates, Klebsiella, Citrobacter, E. coli, also are many um, that do as well, Streptococcus. Um, strep is not fun. You know, anyone with anxiety, panic, mood disorder, depression, any of those PMS, they don't they don't make enough serotonin or the right amounts, and they also have a lot of strep. And you don't want to feed strep unnecessarily. Um, you want to balance it. And then what balances it and puts it into check is the good bifido and ba uh, bacteria and the good lactobacilli and many other flora. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. And uh do you have like, if people aren't going to like cook and cool these rices or these potatoes, do you have a supplement brand that you recommend or do you sell one at all? So what I recommend is people heat up their food because you don't want to eat cold starches. Um, and if you have plenty of acidity in the gut, you don't really have to worry about the glycemic impact. If you, if you check like your CGM or you're checking your blood sugars, um, studies show actually people who eat like one or two tablespoons of vinegar every day, they're getting better hemoglobin A1C and better glucose control because just acidity alone will do that. Um, I love supplements, you know, um, there's so many different supplements that help, um, our gut flora. Um, I don't have really one that I recommend to mimic, uh, resistant starches other than diet because with yeah, diet, I didn't know if there was like the a poly resistant polyphenols. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know there was like a resistant starch powder out there. I'm sure that someone's probably made one by now. I just have never even looked for one. There's a lot of really good prebiotics. I re I recommend everything but raw starches. No. Cool. Got yeah, it. And if, if there is a labeling that shows raw starches, you should have to be really cognizant that it's not ancestral and likely to cause health problems. All right. So how often, I mean, I'm assuming people come to you when they're already ill, but do you get anybody who's just trying to optimize, like even, I feel like even healthy people, when I kind of talk to them with coaching and stuff, like almost everybody has some form of like gut dysfunction, like without even having a test, they kind of just notice it. Yeah. Do you think most people are dealing yeah, with exactly. some form of like gut imbalance? I, I think our world is just kind of messed up, Matthew. What do you think? It's so w widespread and epic.
when I go to Europe, I have to say, like, I don't really notice as many gut issues. Um, and I'm eating local food, local, you know, wheat and gluten and dairy, and maybe it's healthier. The, the quality is different. The air is different, less chemtrails, um, far less pesticides, I feel. And sometimes I've been in Japan, I feel healthier too. I know the EMF there is quite high and even radiation, but I don't know how to explain it. You know, something here in the yeah. US is just not right. I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about like when he goes to Japan or whatever, he's like eats like super high carbs, like bunch of rice and, you know, whatever. And he doesn't really like pay attention and he'll like lose weight. <laughs> yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. so that's where, where, where do you I'm live like, exactly, Matt? What's that? What state do you live in? Where are you exactly? I'm in Florida. I'm in Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Florida has a lot of, I look at geographically where people grew up or lived. It's pretty moldy in Florida, anywhere South, right? Mason. Yeah. There's a lot of mold here. Usually when I talk to anybody around here who asks me for health questions, I kind of just like, what do you know about the apartment you're in or where you're at? It's like, it's, (laughs) it's not even like a question of like, do you have mold? You're going to have some living in Florida. It's like, is it like so overpowering that your immune system can't, can't deal with a little bit of mold that you're having come in. But I had this place that we're in now checked by a really, by an inspector. And he was like, this is like the cleanest house I've ever seen. So I was like, this is amazing. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So mold, as you know, triggers everything else. It triggers vulnerability to coronavirus, or if you had the vaccine spike uh, abnormalities and, you know, vulnerabilities Mold will trigger co-infections. Whether someone really has like a real active co-infection, once mold's on board, you know, it triggers all of it. And even if someone does testing, like I love doing hormone testing, salivary, you know, Dutch urine and blood, mold binds, mycotoxins bind our estrogen receptors for men and women. And they will start to appear estrogen dominant, even if their labs look fine because mycotoxins bind the estrogen receptors and turns on the bad, bad activities that happen. And that can turn on autoimmunity, right? Lupus, Hashimoto's, OA, osteoarthritis, RA, rheumatoid, and even infections, bladder infections. I can't see, tell you how many countless bladder infections I hear about men and kidney stones. These are all reversible. We use peptides, get everything back online. Lower the oxalate-making flora, like mold and fungi. Get the balance back. Get the get bind up mycotoxins with certain binders, even prescription binders, and start to balance everything so healing happens. Yeah, the mold. When I was in the mold, was probably the craziest that I felt out of all the times, and that was when I first started seeing the doctors and. I was vegan when I moved in there. So I like quit being vegan because I thought it was the diet. And so like the animal products helped quite a bit, but it didn't really get to the root of everything because the house had such bad mold and um, I didn't know. And I was just allergic to, like you said, the water myself. I was allergic to my thoughts. I was allergic to literally everything. And I just did a deep dive. I just did three episodes about mold actually that are going to come out before this. So that's funny that we're on the mold topic because it's just so ever present. And I just, I've had people from Michigan. It doesn't matter where you live, like a little bit of water damage and a little bit of humidity and mold can overtake your house real quick. And it can really mimic almost every other illness that you can think of. I agree. It, it is really tough. And then you, you throw in their 5G and the EMF patterns, and it makes mold really unhappy. Even if you only have a little bit of mold, 
it starts to get really hostile and pissed off. You can't blame it, right? It just wants to live in an EMF-free zone like anybody else. Yeah, that's the thing about mold. It's like if um, if it's just there, it's actually happier than if you try to kill it off with bleach or if it encounters EMFs, then it starts to get real agitated and then it releases yeah. even more toxic byproducts and harms your health even worse than if it was just the mold spore itself. So it's a tricky thing to kind of remediate and to kind of bring down your EMF exposure. But if you're in a big city like I was in Tampa, like there's no bringing it down. I use devices and stuff for myself, but that's not going to bring down the EMF that the mold's going to be exposed to within the house. Yeah, I know. It's so tough. So mold also, it'll start to naturally go down if you use um, bacterial, uh, environmental bacteria, like home biotic is a really great remediation. They make it for the house too, where you can cloak the house and then put in home biotic um, and that will transform a lot of terrain to help the house to heal if, if someone decides to live in the house still yeah the home biotics kind of work similar to like a probiotic right like it brings a natural yes. balance within your home kind of like a probiotic would yes. do within your gut right right it's an environmental yeah. probiotic yeah i'm a big fan they're great yeah i've never used that but i did research it when i was kind of going through the mold stuff i had looked it up and uh, i yeah. never ended up actually using it we just kind of threw everything away and moved out of there but um if you That's are living in a place that has a little yeah. bit of mold, it's probably a good something that you can add on. And um, I'll, I've been digging into the research on this hypoallergenic air. I just did an episode with them and they have this oh. polar ionization technology that they think kills the mold, the virus and the bacteria, and makes it like it goes down to the ground, but in clumps. So then once mm -hmm. they clump up, it's easier for either your furnace filter or your air doctor or whatever you have to kind of pick that up and it'll kind of kill everything. And so that's a new device that I, I just ordered one, but I don't have it hooked up to my HVAC system yet. Interesting. Yeah. I'd like to hear about that more. That sounds really cool. Yeah. It's a hypoallergenic air. You should check them out. They're really cool. All right. So you talked a little bit about testing and I know you kind of run a GI map. You like oats test, um, the organic acids test. Why don't you walk us through like what kind of testing you would run on somebody coming to you with some chronic like gut issues and how often do you test them and what the protocols look like? Yeah. So whether someone's like a biohacker and they're super healthy, you know, they're winning their event. If they're a Uber athlete, you know, or MMA fighter, um, if they're super healthy, we still run, I run similar tests with them because, you know, we want to make sure just all the metrics are aligned. Um, a really good test to run on anybody is the organic acid test. Nothing beats it. It's like ultra cheap and we'll show you all the realms of health on there that are needed to assess someone and track them over time. The thing is with the oat, it takes at least nine to 12 months to get better. Um, I don't totally run it again um, because it takes a lot of protocols and peptides to actually change that test to the to the the threshold that I like, which is like no amount of mold, right? And optimal mitochondrial function, optimal oxalates, and optimal everything SIBO, um, SIFO. It shows both SIFO and SIBO. So SIFO is small intestinal fungal overgrowth. SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I like to see all the markers smack almost to, to the left line, almost zero. And that's like a healthy person. And it's possible, you know, especially if you're, we're using high dose probiotics and peptides and different gut protocols. So that's the first test I run. 
And Great Plains Mosaic, they got bought out by Mosaic Diagnostics. Um, they also have a finger blot test. And it's really great to see someone's reaction to uh, yeasts, ASCA, anti-saccharomyces cerevisiae antibody, ASCA. It's a prognostic to colitis and other gut issues and candida antibodies. You can do a blood test. They don't have the same limits as the oat does or the uh, GI, um, the uh, Great Plains one, mosaic one. So I like the blood spot because I can see kind of how high it is, even if it's upper green zone on the test. Uh, usually because someone's antibodies are all smashed and exhausted, they're low, 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 total IgGs are low. I kind of calibrate it. And if it's even upper green, usually they're having issues with their own candida. They're, like you said, you were allergic to everything. That's a lot of our clients. They're even allergic to their own candida. Candida is not a bad actor. You know, we need a small amount, like 7% of our whole gut is usually candida. And what it does is it makes B vitamins, it detoxes for us, it will chelate heavy metals and take them out of the system. We need a certain amount of good candida. But when it overgrows and it's hostile, it's angry because its friends aren't there, acromancia, the ABCs, acromancia, bifida longum, bifida lactis, um, and the butyrate makers, if they're not present, it's really angry. You know, it's lonely. You can't blame it, right? And then it starts to cause a lot of disease, including triggering the immune system to attack candida, attack itself. So I like to do those tests. And then for the stool kit, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the GI FX from Great Plains, I mean, from, sorry, Genova Diagnostics, uh, Diagnostic Solutions, GI Map, Vibrant Gut Zoomer, they're all pretty equally the same. They have limitations. They don't pick up candida ever. Like if they do, okay, that person is massively full of candida. <laughs> they never pick it up. And if you happen to see it on there, okay, that person's got massive, like I'm talking like chemo wiped out all the good stuff or like a hundred courses of antibiotics, you know, wiped out all their good stuff. Now they got massive, massive amounts of candida, like out of their eyeballs. Um, the GI, those stool kits also will miss on mold. Like you mentioned, you know, everyone deals with some kind of mold. Is it a problem? You know, not really for most people, but you still have to work with it. It's kind of like asbestos, you know, like for longevity, do you want to live in a house with asbestos? Not really. You know, it'll sprinkle small amounts of asbestos dust all over you and your food. And eventually it's going to cause a problem if you live in there long enough, right? Yeah, that's what mold's like. Even if a small amount, if your body can't deal with it, you know, like bind it up with fiber and charcoal clay, uh, if your bacteria can't neutralize it. So I love the ABCs because these are all anti-mold. They attenuate mold in clinical studies and Petri dish studies. And that's why I love our probiotic. People with mold love it. They just do so well on it. As soon as they can hit one tablespoon a day, their health just really turns around. Same with COVID too, long COVID. People who can take it and gradually amp it to one tablespoon a day, that's 1 trillion CFUs daily. They, they start to see their health completely turn around and then they get the full barrier. They're all their guardians in our play, are in place and they can really turn everything around. The mold can start to turn around and then all the co-infections and Lyme and Epstein-Barr and COVID can all turn around. But it's, a, it's hard to get there for some people. Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, 
and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Yeah, and I'm actually glad that you you brought that up about probiotics in the mold because, um, you know, when I first was doing it, I was like into like uh, zeolites and charcoal. And the more I dug into some of the mold stuff, I kind of realized that a better approach is actually some form of probiotic. Like I was using microbiome labs, but then also like their IgG formula as well, I found to be pretty effective for some of the the gut issues that IgG on an empty stomach. And then I would do the microbiome labs uh, capsules, which I know you have on your website as well for, and that seemed to help with like some mold issues for sure. Oh yeah. I love spore-based probiotic. I love microbiome labs. We also have one microbiome mojo has the bifida maximus and then it has um, a spore-based formula in there. That is really, really amazing. So you have the different strands. And so when you're looking at these organic acid tests or these uh, GI maps or whatever stool panel you use, is the uh, results from that going to depend on what you're going to give your your uh, client, patient, whatever you want to call them? Uh, the, you know, are you using a combination of them or how does that look? So every client's really unique and different. You know, we look at antecedents in their patient history, in their client history. What really triggered their health downfall. You know, usually it's an emotional factor. So we have to always build in the trauma release, uh, somatic trauma release, counseling, EMDR, or other types of um, therapy. Um, If they're open to psychedelics, you know, microdosing, as you know, and combo and um, macrodosing are all fabulous as well. I'm a big fan. Um, So I look at the flora, okay? I look at the whole terrain, you know, what's being... um, absent, you know, what in the present moment is absent according to tests and then what's present, you know? So I go big to small, most parasites and pathogens live within larger pathogens and parasites. For instance, it's really hard to eradicate H. pylori because it lives inside candida. So yeah, we always do concurrent protocols. We're going to kind of lower the factions and populations of pathogenic H. pylori at the same time, the host, the candida. We do antifungals at the same time concurrently. Yeah, I've seen you kind of talking about on your Instagram about how you're kind of always doing like parallel protocols where you're going to attack fungus as well when you're doing it. What's the reason behind that? So again, small pathogens like to live inside larger pathogens. So H. pylori is a bacteria, helicobacter bacteria, which is involved with a lot of gut issues, ulcers, achlorhydra estates, mast cell issues, mold and Lyme issues, right? Do you see a lot of H. pylori on gut testing, Matt? Yeah, makes sense that you got to kind of tackle both at the same time uh, when you're dealing with something like that. And um, so yeah. the the bifido maximus has to be refrigerated and then are you uh, just taking the recommended dose or does everyone's dose look a little bit different? Uh, so we have a gut reset protocol. Um, people gradually up to a tablespoon a day of powder or seven to 10 capsules of the cap of uh, the capsules over time, like over a month. And so some people who are really sensitive, they might have to open the capsule and take a pinch only. Hmm. And then for women, we also recommend like a vaginal protocol. 
a vaginal protocol. So once a week, open the capsule, insert it vaginally. And that will actually well, eliminate all UTIs and yeast infections for women. That's super interesting. I've seen you talking about like people who have leaky gut. They can also have like leaky vagina. It seems like the more we dig into the research, you can have leaky everything. Yeah. Most people with mold and Lyme, they have leaky brain. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. yeah. I, I was there too, to some degree. Yeah. Or they have had, had an injury, head injury, you know, either through as a kid or later in life. And that's going to impact healing too, because when we hit, have a head injury, I had a bike accident and I had an injury. Um, when you have a gut, when it, you have a head injury, instantly your gut breaks and it may or may not, may not ever recover. And you have to bring it back online, all of it, the brain and the gut, hopefully in parallel. Yeah. So I really love the peptides for that regard. You know, we use a lot of epitalin and penelion peptides. And in terms of bioregulators, we inject a lot of cortigen. So that's a bioregulator. You can buy it from CanLab Research. Um, our, gut, our code, discount code for 15% off is GUT15, GUT15. Um, so there's a lot of things we can do to bring the brain back online. And then guess what? Our gut will follow. You, can't, you can bring the gut online, but the brain doesn't always follow because the hierarchy is brain. Brain, brain, brain for apex predators like us. Yeah, it's interesting you said that because I, I played football and I was just crazy madman on the field. And I think one game, it was the very last game of the season. It was towards the end of the game. I got like rocked and I, I potentially think I might have had a concussion because I like I just finished out the game because there was only like five minutes left. But I like and the, we didn't have any more games, so I never got it checked out. But I always wonder. I remember that one specific game where I was like I was like loopy and out of it. I think I potentially had a concussion. So Lord knows what that, what role that played in all of my chronic health issues as well. It absolutely did. I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, and then you're just getting in football, you're getting hit all the time. Anyways, concussion or not, you're getting little micro tensions to the brain every, like every time you hit somebody probably. I think so. I think, I think so many sports have um, head injuries, right? Soccer for women, volleyball for women, um, hockey, football, all of them. Uh, I heard even water polo. Um, men are just uh, really getting impacted. And it's going to lead to addictions, you know, dementia, mood changes, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, type type 2 diabetes. Uh, you don't think about it as diabetes, but it is because our brain is our hierarchy. It's the, the top hierarchy. And if you lose the LH surge, the hypothalamus, you know, libido follows, you know, testosterone follows for men, they all tank. And it takes a lot to bring it back up again. You know, brain injuries are pretty complex and take a lot of work to get them back. But it's all possible, you know. And one thing I love is, you know, um, our nervous system is an incredible, you know, an incredible entity, and we can bring it back online because we know so much data now. You know, I use a lot of lion's mane, uh, anything that improves BDNF and balances it. You know, it's it's an amazing tool. And peptides are like, like one of the best, but also with gut, because if the gut is constantly dealing with the pathogens that we have talked about now, it's it 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 will always be stealing the reserve from the brain. And the brain won't come back. The gut has to get addressed. It's a whole nother universe. You know, it's separated. The gut flora, you know, is separated by a tube. It's meant to be that way. 
And that's why peptides can't touch it. Even if you swallow the peptides, it won't really do that much. You still have to do the protocols that we we teach about. I teach also health coaches and clinicians if they're interested. But we have pro- we have you know twenty hour classes and fifty hour programs, fifty plus hour training programs. Um, but it's a lot, um, and it's because they're separated by this like um, big you know tube. And they're meant to be separate, which is good. You know, it's like a cow. You got like five stomachs because they're all making cheese and milk and blah, blah, blah. Right. And poop, herbivore poop. Our gut's the same way. It's a whole, we outsource to our gut flora so many things, including our immune system. We're like, hey, take care of us. But if you got a whole bunch of garbage in there, H. pylori, mold, Epstein-Barr, CMV, HHV6, COVID, COVID, everyone has COVID in their gut now. So you got, you got to like, Fix it a little bit. Get the good stuff yeah, in there it, at, high, at high dose, a trillion a day. Yeah, it makes total sense. And how often, if you work with um, a client, this was kind of my case, like I did all these gut protocols and Lyme healing and everything, and it still had kind of some persistent gut issues. And what really kind of reset everything for me was uh, some heavy metal detoxification. So how often are you seeing that be a cause of like you, someone who can't heal their gut? Uh, mold and heavy metals always go together. We, we kind of do some on off staggered protocols. We don't want to, you know, do too much at one time cause they can herx, uh, but we always bring in the heavy metal detox when they're ready. Yeah. Some, it, it can take years. I, I still have some heavy metals too, even though I cleared it all, you know, I think after we do big healing or combo, something releases right from deep stores and then they come out again. Have you seen that in clients? I, I've had multiple, you know, healing uh, improvements, but then like things kind of look good, right? All the testing clears up, but then, um, I recheck, you know, and then it's like, it's there again. Like, I think we have deep stores of, for pathogens, you know, bone carries a lot of arsenic lead and probably mercury too, you know, every seven years it's going to open up because that's the lifespan of bone. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a bigger deal than most people think, especially, with uh, I've been doing a lot of research around like the field of ionomics and how mineral deficiencies and imbalances will basically make you hold on to the metals because they're actually playing a role because you're mineral deficient so that you'll actually hold on to the metals because they're going to hook to those same enzymatic uh, enzyme binding sites and then they're going to but they're going to downregulate cellular function and mitochondrial function and then so we're living in an era of people who don't focus on mineralization anyways, and the food's depleted of minerals, even if you're eating healthy food from whole foods, and then the um, just severe amount of heavy metals that we're exposed to. So it's just natural that we're going to gravitate and hold on to them. So it's almost like you have to play offense against the heavy metals, like almost probably for a lifetime. I, you couldn't have said it any better, Matt. That is so well said. That was perfectly well said. Yeah. Yeah, the, the HTMA. RO water. A lot of people are using RO water, uh, reverse osmosis water, which you should. And ideally, I would do it every day, but I don't do it every day because it'll start to deplete you unless you're doing a heavy, heavy mineral supplementation. Yeah, it does that. And you have to be diligent around. I did the like sea salt and remineralization and the high dose magnesium for a long time. And then I've really found the best results with uh, a really, really well-versed HTMA practitioner who kind of follows Dr. Paul X work and they do what's called mineral balancing. 
And I've just gotten great heavy metal detoxification results with that. My gut's better. My energy's better. Like that's probably been the most profound thing that I've incorporated is just the remineralization in the proper doses and amounts. Well, anyone with uh, heavy metal issues and depleted minerals, um, they have poor adrenal function too. So what I found is what turns things around is we use a couple bioregulators. Again, you can get it at canlabresearch.com. Um, we use Vestigen and it'll just like turn around depletion. They'll suddenly be able to hold on to the minerals. And then in my programs, my master gut class and other programs we offer, we always look at adrenal function. So the minimum my clients are on is three to five different adrenal support. Anytime you're going through a healing you know, journey, it's really good to have adrenal support, not just peptides, um, but real, you know, I use longevity formulas. I've been using the imperial courts in Asia, China, you know, for millennia, millions, uh, thousands of years, you know, because everyone's yin and chi and yang are depleted. You know, I check men, none have morning wood. I'm like, dude, you're not a dude. It's your adrenals and your gut. You know, we got to bring this back online. And then we do within a month or two morning wood every day. I love it. Even if they're going through all kinds of detox and parasites and mold, you know, morning wood daily. And for women, we want to get their pattern of their PMS on track within a month or two. So two of my clients, like they're all messed up couples um, and then they all got pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm supposed to get pregnant on the protocol, <laughs> but that's how healing, you know, our, um, programs are, it's a good thing. It's the totality of life, you know, really coming through. Women should not have PMS. You know, they should not have horrible periods. They should look forward to this time of the month, you know, cause they're releasing something. And, um, um, so we, we get those metrics online and we get their body temperatures to 98.6. And so Vestigen and other bioregulators, Epitalon, Petilion are great. Um, but we do the gut protocols cause those are what really, you know, we need to balance that and get in a trillion bacteria, good bacteria like Bifamaximus and Microbiome Mojo daily. That will, yeah, that so will really turn it around. So, yeah, I, I've, I've met with like, I see what the HTMA practitioners do. That's great, you know, but it doesn't, it will take forever and you'll have to be on these heavy supplements daily. It's like a lot. And I rather these supplements really heal the gut and do peptides, you know in terms of the pill burden for people, um, these will permanently, because they can get off the peptide and then they're fine. That's what I want people to do. They can take things and then their health gets etched in and then they can't eat gluten and dairy again. <laughs> yeah, I've played around with, so during my Lyme treatment, I was out at Dr. Minkoff and uh, we've been kind of breezing over peptides, but we'll get into them here. I used uh, thymosin alpha during my Lyme treatment. I was inject, they were all injections. I know you have the oral on your website, so we'll get into the difference there. But I was also using yeah. uh, BPC-157 injections and then LL-37, which is like an antimicrobial style one that was kind of more targeted for the co-infections in Lyme. And I was on a bunch of different stuff, so I couldn't really tell, but they seem to be pretty powerful. So, um, why don't you kind of get so you, into why you use peptides and why they're so effective? So you got die off with those, that combination? It was hard to tell because I was on so many herbs and different things. And then I was going to his clinic twice a week and doing glutathione IVs and ozone IVs and HOCATs and PMF. So I was like doing so many things at the same time, but it did seem to kind of help um, my gut 
my gut issues at the time when I was injecting them all. Yeah. Great. Um, so in, I have a couple peptide continue education for practitioners. Um, I don't use much BPC in the beginning. And the reason is because most people with mold and Lyme, they have mast cell activation syndrome, MCAS, mast cell activation syndrome and SIRS. And it's not always obvious, you know, who has it, you know, you can do histamine testing, blood histamines. It won't always tell you what's going on, but if they've limited their food and they're really allergic to everything and their anti-candida and other markers are kind of off the chart kind of thing, I presume people have mast cell and SIRS and we don't do BPC in the beginning. And the reason is because it will engage mast cells and then there's more histamines. That's why I made a probiotic. They're histamine free species. We try to do as much as we can with histamine-free species, and then we introduce, you know, the histamine-making ones later. And the reason is because everyone's just so ill, you know, either it's because of vaccines, or they're allergic to peanuts, you know, and blah, 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 eggs, or, you know, albumin and stuff, egg albumin. But people have a high degree of allergies these days to gluten, dairy, all these things, eggs, nuts, everything. So I kind of avoid things that stimulate mast cells. That includes TB4 and BPC. But what we'll do is TA1, thymosin alpha 1. I avoid LO37 because it's a bit of a broad spectrum antibiotic for some people. And we don't want to like wipe out the good stuff before we've gotten them in there. That's creating a problem, just like three years of three different antibiotics for Lyme people. These people are impossible to work with often because they've had so much degradation, erosion of their microbiome. No one uses an antifungal. No one uses a high dose probiotic. Yeah, maybe the lime's gone, but the second you start, you know, giving them time and space, the lime comes back. You can't uh, eradicate lime. You can't eradicate H. pylori. That's a misnomer in the integrative functional medicine field. What you have to do is consider the whole terrain and make the terrain happy. And that's vibrational, physical, mental, emotional. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So what is, um, I'm assuming that you like the oral peptides probably just for ease of use. It's probably harder to get a lot of clients to use the injections, but have you seen the orals to be better or no? Um, you know, clients will resist even with all my admonishments, you know, um, but then they hit a, they hit a wall, like one client, she refused, she did many of my programs and she refused to go on to peptides. She didn't want to inject them. I don't know what mental issues she had, you know, and she, we, we healed many things. We healed her gut, we healed her high blood pressure and allergies and other issues. But then she got diagnosed with a retinal detachment in her eye and she had a surgery pending and she wanted to not go into the surgery and also not go blind because her vision started to get affected. She couldn't read things on her screen, her computer screen or her phone from her kids. And she wanted to be able to drive because she's independent. You know, she's 70 something. She's a grandma. And she didn't want to be relying on other people. And so then she came to me. She's like, okay, Grace, I'm ready to do the, the peptides, even though I talked to her for a year about it already. So we brought her in and we did like a cocktail peptides. She's probably on about eight different ones. Um, none of the ones we talked about yet, but um in seven days, her surgeon saw her again and he said, okay, surgery's canceled. Her hole closed completely and he didn't worry about her at all anymore. And she had no more retinal detachment. And that actually rarely happens. Usually anyone who goes in for retinal detachment surgery, which is horrible, you're lying on your belly for three days straight. You got to rely on people to feed you and you got to stay there so your eyes like don't you know get puffy and they drain all the proper way. 
Um, and uh, usually they're bound to do another surgery in a year or two because the collagen here is just so fragile, right, and frail. Um, there's not actually the – surgeries don't really heal the root issue, which is usually insulin resistance and flora uh, inflammation from flora created by flora, pathogenic flora. So anyway, yeah, I was really happy for her. So um, I love orals, you know, but they don't do shit. Yeah. If you really want to do orals, that's great. They're, they're really good for certain things like combating SARS. If you take, you know, two to eight capsules of TB4 oral or two to four capsules, two to eight capsules of BPC and you don't have mast cell issue. Yeah. You won't get SARS, you know, but you have to continue it like in, you know, a long, a while, a while. And then even better if you can inject it as long as you don't have mast cell issues. Yeah. And then you get a lot of healing. So I look at the body and there's probably about like 88 different systems that we have going on in our organ systems. And we have different, I have different protocols for all of them. Um, and sometimes it requires botanicals with peptides, you know, sometimes it's botanicals only. Um, but always it's like, botanicals and peptides usually, you know, because we have so many great peptides as tools right now to conform and change our immune system. It's all our immune system, really, really it is. Yeah. So some other ones that I love um, are, um, let's see, what am I doing lately? Like everyone's kind of low on human growth hormone, you know, unless they have a cancer risk, you should check uh, the binding protein and IGF-1, make sure it's 180 or below. But I love the secretogs. The human growth has secretogs help everybody unless they have a lot of edema, insulin resistance, and an elevated suboptimal IGF-1. We're just all low. You don't want to give direct human growth hormone because you're going to shut your own production down. You know, there's some problems with it, joint problems and, you know, growth, acromegaly stuff. Um, but human growth secretogs, human growth hormone secretogs are really ideal because we, as we age, we, we get low, you know, and, um, another set of like, so I love stacking tessamorelin and ipamorelin, let's say like one milligram tessamorelin in the evening. And then ipa like at 150 once or twice or three times a day, ipamorelin with working out, you know, and the right timing. Um, I do a lot of, um, other peptides, um, like one I love, it's harder to get, um, but it's Aura 290. You know, it's it's not exactly bioidentical, um, but the studies on it are just incredible. And it's both anti-colitis, it's anti-diabetes, and anti-pain, so chronic chronic inflammation. So we're, we're able to really rapidly get remission of anything immune-related because it covers the whole spectrum. And you don't need a lot you know, four milligrams, three times a week injected subcutaneous is perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So there's a couple sources for that. Um, every peptide is antimicrobial, not just LL37. That's what studies Interesting. show. Yeah. And if you have probiotics, you're going to resurrect the flora that belongs there. You can't resurrect what's not there. That's why you have to feed the system with fiber, polyphenols, and the probiotics themselves. So if you look on our store, we have a amazing assortment of probiotics and we have different bundles. One is equilibrium. It's the only pro probiotic that has U bacteria contained in it. That's our butyrate maker. It has a bunch of other really good, cool stuff too. 
Um, we have a dispensary. You can get good clostridium, clostridium uh, butyricum. And also on our dispensary, you can get pendulum. They have a clostridium butyricum probiotic as well. It's in something called PGC and they have acromancia in there a little bit, not much. Yeah. Uh, acromancia, you know, we, you know, people say they take acromancia and they don't notice anything. Well, it's true because it can't live in a vacuum. You have to bring all its friends like bifidolongum, bifidolactis and eubacteria and other butyrate makers. It won't, it won't, it won't survive. It needs its friends. It's like us, you know, we don't do well isolated, right? We have our tribe, you know, our family, whether we choose them, you know, the ones and we do best that way. We, we synergize and that's the same with our gut flora too. I don't believe in like just single formulas often. They don't usually work. And then you have to feed them. What do they eat? Most eat mucus, the ones that are really healing and reg regulate our immune system. And to have a healthy immune system, you know, you have to look at different peptides. Um, that's, that's why, you know, when something's missing, we can kind of bring it back online. So I look at adrenal function, like I mentioned to you. If someone doesn't have perfect body temperatures, 98.6, we got to look at why. You know, maybe they need to take more mag chloride baths, you know, get their body temps up. Are they walking daily, you know, 30, 60, 90 minutes every day? get their body temps up. Is their thyroid tanked out? Maybe a little thyroid, maybe a little DHEA. You know, every, every case is really different in that regard. Progesterone. A lot of men need progesterone, especially if you've had a head injury. And I get the level to 0.5 <clears throat> for men. So it's, it's a, it's, you know, so Quicksilver has a really good progesterone and it's very calming and it helps anxiety for men. Progesterone is great for women as well, too, if they need it. Um, yeah, a lot of different ways to, you know, bring these metrics back online. And I'm so grateful for all the tools that we have available because they really, really work. You know, our clients will say like, gosh, Grace, I've never felt this good, even though I work with five different practitioners already. And we, you know, that's only just like two weeks in, um, there are metrics that a lot of practitioners just don't know about, or they don't think about, right. Or they're not taught about it. Body temperatures is a main metric. We're meant, we're, we're special mammals, we're apex predator mammals, and we're supposed to have 98.6 Fahrenheit body temperatures. This is what fries lime. It also fries most candida and mold. Spores and, and candida and saccharomyces, they don't survive in heat, humid heat, particularly like our tissues. And so if we don't have those temperatures, every half a degree, our clients are below that. That's how hard their health is to get back online. I don't care how many minerals they take. I don't care how many the fuck peptides they take and inject. It won't work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, um, when I was the sickest, I used to be pretty cold. Yeah, and some clients, they don't tell. Like girls, they're, you know, if they're over 55, 60 or four, if they're premature, you know, um, perimenopause, they get hot flashes and their body temps are 95 degrees, right? It's not their internal thermostat. You got to check it like with a real fucking thermometer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't believe what anybody tells me. Usually they don't mean to lie, but they don't read the metrics, right? That we do. Makes sense, right? Yeah, no, it totally does. And I actually, it's funny you say that because the, um, 
the HTMA practitioner that I use for the minerals, they do look at like adrenal function and they'll give you um, adrenal glandulars and desiccated thyroid and desiccated pituitary and think those are part of the protocol as well. And after I started taking those, I really noticed that my temperature went up. Like it really like from being cold to like literally I was like, man, my hands are never cold. My feet are never cold. Like I noticed it within like a few weeks. And so that was interesting. And then I started clearing out a bunch of parasites as the metals came out. And like, I wasn't on any type of like parasite cleanse or anything. And now my body temperature, I can tell it's a lot better since being on those adrenal supports and those thyroid supports. And they're glandulars. You're getting peptides. The glandulars all have peptides in them. Yeah, organs actually have a lot of peptides, right? That's one of the reasons why some of the, like Paul Saladino and stuff, they're advocates for not just the B vitamins and the minerals that are in organs, but they like a lot of the peptides that are in there as well. Yeah, it's phenomenal. But you'd have to eat so much liver or so much thymus to actually get the amount that we're doing for like TA1. You know, I'll pump the dose. The typical protocol we'll do is 2.5 milligrams daily for a month or higher. We, We go even higher. Yeah, we want to really change the trajectory of the immune system. And I'm really grateful. There's so many, you know, great studies and we've had good training from Russia. Um, Everything's possible to get health back on track, you know, much faster. Yeah, it's super great. The peptides world is just blowing up. I try to keep up with it. It's super hard. Like I read a lot of Jay Campbell's uh, blogs. I'm sure you're probably familiar with him. He's deep into the peptides and he has a book out and I had him on the show. I'll probably have him on again in the future to talk just about peptides. We talked about uh, TRT in the last episode, but he's super in the weeds with the peptides and they're really cool. And I I wanted to talk to you about these uh, GLP kind of glucagon-like peptides that everyone's kind of raving about. Have you seen those to be pretty effective? They're not for everybody. They will tank the adrenal glands, and then they'll need TRT. (laughs) (laughs) So who are the the people using the GLP ones the most? Um, I actually don't offer too many uh, GLP-1 agonists to clients. They usually come to us on it. So often, you know, and if they are interested, we put a, many prep t- protocols in place before we start them because what study shows once they're off them, everything comes back. It's a yo-yo diet. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I mean, I'm not super versed in the GLPs, but it's, it's kind of like to be more insulin controlled, right? And kind of regulate blood sugar, which... I used to have super crazy blood sugar swings when I was really sick, but the more I heal up, I kind of don't really have those issues anymore anyway. So I don't know why I would really um, effectively use any type of GLP kind of peptide. But if you maybe had diabetes or something, it might be something that you could utilize. Yeah. And then diabetes, again, that's a lot of mold and candida overgrowths, Epstein-Barr, heavy metals, mold. All, all that together. Diabetes is definitely really tough. You know, it's everything. Uh, and the pancreas is already broken. But then that that's really great to use something like R290. Um, temporary use of GLP-1 or chizepatide or any, there are going to be triple agonists coming out as well. Um, those are all fabulous to try um, temporarily, um, as long as all the adrenal supports are in place and people are learning how to heal themselves at the, you know, at the root level. And healing themselves includes you know, getting core muscles because when you have, when you do exercise, they show GLP one goes up. So when people exercise their GLP one will naturally go up and satiety comes in. 
they're naturally not going to be as hungry, right? They're fed at the cellular level. They feel satiated at the cellular level. And then when people take probiotics, studies show probiotics, especially bifobacteria longum will raise GLP-1. And then when we, anything that raises uh, bifidobacteria longum and acromantia, like fiber, inulin, FOS, oat fibers, poly, certain polyphenols, not all of them, but many of them, studies show GLP-1 goes up. And then particularly if we use like insoluble fibers, they take up space in the gut and we use some glucomannan, which really takes up a lot of space because it swells up like I don't know, 20 fold. You, know, you got to take lots of water with it. I don't, I don't really advise people take more than a tea, half a teaspoon a day because you have to drink so much water to keep it from preventing an obstruction in the gut, you know. But glucomannan is fabulous and psyllium too because they swell and they will increase GLP 1 naturally. And that's what fiber does. The job is to turn on the mechanoreceptors in the gut and then get GLP-1 to open up and naturally increase. So a lot of our clients, you know, GLP-1 agonists are shown, like semaglutide, terzepatide, many others, they are shown to actually reduce alcohol-related events and other addictions. So, you know, cannabis, cocaine, um, uh, benzodiazepines, alcohol, of course, uh, any of the common, you know, addictions that we see, they'll actually report less of these while they're on it. But studies show as soon as they stop it, these addictive behaviors come back. Nothing's permanent. What's permanent is healing at the root level, right? And getting natural GLP-1, you know, up naturally. And the thing is with diabetics, they already have, like I used to be super overweight, so I know all these things, okay? I used to be super fat, so I can kind of make fun of fat people a little bit because I used to be fat. But when someone is morbidly overweight, like I was, you know, I had a BMI that was morbidly overweight and diabetic for sure. I just didn't test it. But when when they're that level of metabolic syndrome, whether it's with Lyme and mold and mercury as well, which was my case, um, what happens is every hormone is high. So there's high insulin, there's high GLP-1, there's high glucagon even, and then at the and high leptin, right? And then at the cell level, the tissue level where the receptors are, there's resistance. You have insulin resistance, you have leptin resistance, you have GLP-1 resistance and glucagon resistance. Nothing is working, right? So it's kind of like, you know, if someone wears a lot of perfume or nasty cologne, right? Uh, and a cologne, you know, they go into a room and everyone's like, if they haven't smelled it already, they're like, oh my God, like, who the fuck are you, right? And stop killing my, you know, scent cells, scent receptors. Well, that's like when we bring on a high dose, yeah, it's temporary kind of healing because it can be sensed. But after a while, it's not sensed anymore, correct? So we don't want to create more problems. We want people to heal and have sense again, like have insulin sensitivity and get the insulin lower naturally. Yes, if people lose enough weight with um, GLP-1 agonists like trisepatide, trise um, semaglutide, trisepatide, and the others, or dual agonists, yeah, it happens. But if they don't, you know, and they get into yo-yo dieting and their adrenals tank and their progesterone tanks and then next the testosterone tanks, like you're creating a new problem. And also the problem with high, you know, when people lose a lot of weight fast, as you know, we have a lot of fat soluble toxins all trapped right in our fat, mercury, mold, um, phthalates, flame retardants, um, plastics, plasticizers, um, all kinds of um, petrol fuel derivatives, right? They get released super fast out. And if you don't have a good binder and good 
stooling twice a day and plenty of bifido in the gut, these are just going to redistribute again, as you know, and they go to peripheral tissue, which is even worse and create like health problems. Like we'll see people, I've heard of stories and um, I work with a few clients, you know, they don't always want to listen to me. I'm like, okay, but they get on and off some GLP-1 agonists, you know, and they're, when they get off, they're regaining all the weight and then 10 pounds more. And they're really frustrated. Right. And they, you know, they want, everyone wants an easy fix, but there's no easy fix. You know, it will take steady state cardio nine months daily, <laughs> like <laughs> to kind of move the metabolic dial. Right. And you want to do it slow because you don't want these fats like rushing out without being bound up properly. Right. And, and, and then eliminate it properly. Cause they're just going to redistribute to peripheral nervous system and cause more health problems probably and other things. Um, so and then a, a, another proper way is to look at anabolic stacking. You know, that we do have some really great supplements that are good anabolic stacks to consider um, that will get, you know, hormones back up. Like I, we have, a, I make a dragon mojo. Unless someone has really, really high testosterone, this is a really great product for men and women. And it blocks estrogens, especially as they're coming out from fat. And they'll help to build the adrenal glands and, and be like fortified at the adrenal level. So there's no yo-yo dieting. And I look at people... I kind of do a verbal contract with them that they're going to eat four meals a day or four small snacks a day with all the macros, carbs, protein, fats, fiber, and probiotics. Probiotics are kind of like a macro, just like fiber. Yeah. So we, we get them, you know, um, trained in that, like, um, but a lot of people want to, you know, go lower carb. And yeah, you do lose fat faster. But you know what? Now you've stressed out your adrenal glands so hard. When you do get off this drug, a powerful drug, if you don't have good adrenals, you're just going to regain all the weight again, plus 10, 20, 30, 50 pounds. And that's really sad to see. It's heartbreaking, right? So I'm a fan um, with the proper you know, protection. Yeah. And I like that you have a pretty level-headed sense of saying like, you know, you're going to heal and it's going to take time. You know, you see these ads on, on social media, two week diet detox and this and that. And I'm like, run away from that, please. It's going to take yeah. you a while to balance yeah. your system out and you're going to have to go through some protocols. And for me, it took years because I didn't know what was wrong. But I'm like, if anybody's selling you this three-day or 10-day detox thing, it's most likely not going to work. Yeah. I mean, one thing beautiful about them is for some people who've never lost weight, they lose weight for the first time ever in their life. And that is like truly, truly heartwarming, right? And it brings them hope and sheds light on something where they struggled forever and ever and ever. And it's not their fault they're overweight, you know. Everyone's given so many lies about food and low fat, right? And there's so many toxins. It's really not about counting calories, right? It's about counting chemicals on board. The chemicals literally make you hungry. Like ravenous. You just want to stuff your pie hole. Or, you know, drink alcohol or take a bunch of drugs. Like, you know, like people are hungry at a cellular level for many, many things. And we have addictive patterns. That's the shadow work of what we do. 
That's actually where I want to go next. I'm, an, I'm yeah. addicted. I'm addicted to peptides. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to be addicted to almost anything you can name, and now I'm addicted to uh, bringing my body back to the the healthiest uh, place possible. So I, I I agree. I think I was actually already really toxic, and I had done all the antibiotics. So then I wanted to drink more and do drugs and party because that's the only way I felt yeah. good, and I was kind of alleviating yeah. the brain inflammation and all of the shit that I had going on. So I agree that I do believe I look back and I go, I know there was trauma involved and single mother and a lot of things that happened in my childhood. But I also think the toxin buildup that I already had from mercury fillings and different things, those actually also caused some of the addictive patterns that I had in my 20s. So I agree uh, wholeheartedly. And that kind of will segue into us. The last little topic I wanted to ask you about is um uh, psychedelics. So, you know, you kind of mentioned those and I'm a combo practitioner and I've done a lot of psychedelic ceremonies and microdosing that have really helped me. Now, are there any actual science behind like psychedelics and gut function? Or do you just think that when we work on that emotional system, we just balance out overall anyways? Oh, that's so such a good question. Like I've, I've periodically checked into the literature or look at maps and see what studies are up. And there's not much on microbiome, like much at all. You know, I was lucky to find a couple peptide combo studies that showed, oh, it's kind of anti-fungal, anti-lime or spirochete, right? But there's not much at all. But I do know, what I do know is when people are happier, you know, with microdosing, whether it's microdosing ayahuasca, microdosing psychedelics, like mushrooms or, or wachuma, um, you know, when people are happier, um, that helps their vagal nerve and nervous system resetting, and they feel at home more. Even if it's only one macrodose, you know, and they feel more at home in themselves, and they can let go of past pain and know, like, oh, it was okay. I did my best at that time, you know, and um, I'm okay now. You know, I can take care of myself. I'm I'm okay, and my truth is here. And, and, you know, they start to articulate their truth, not suppress it, you know, and not suppress their thyroid function, you know, and, and heal all of that. Um, I, I do feel not everyone, th these tools aren't for everybody, you know, because you need to have integration in place. That's, that's where 99% of the healing is a men's group for men, right? Or I'm in a women's group. My women's group has been just so powerful for me. And, you know, I've done many, many, many years of different therapies uh, and, and medicines, plant medicines, and they're all amazing. And then with integration, it's just been like quantum, quantum. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love the macro doses, but you are right. You need to be with somebody who's, who can guide you and kind of sit with you. And I actually have a good network that I can call upon even past that where um, I can call them if what I went through and they'll kind of walk me through that even on the phone, you know, if it's a couple of days later while I'm still integrating. So I, I'm glad that I've built that kind of community, but also with just even microdosing, I felt like when I was really, really sick and I was playing around with even microdoses of LSD and mushrooms, like you said, it boosted my mood. And I think it kind of lowered inflammation a little bit for sure. I think there's got to be some anti-inflammatory properties there that obviously will help with whatever condition you're dealing with. Uh, especially like neuroinflammation. And I think that kept me from being like 
overly depressed, right? During that state where the mercury and the lime are naturally just going to make you so depressed that you're going to want to just not do anything, get any work done. So I believe that the micro doses are what kind of helped me push forward, keep seeking health and keep having more of a level head around it instead of completely just like crumbling under the like earth shattering, like amount of weight that I felt like I'm maybe I'm never going to get healthy. I didn't, I never like yeah. prescribe, I never like really, um, after doing psychedelic ceremonies, I never really like attached myself to any of the diagnoses. I just knew it was all like in balance. It felt like I had a bigger mm -hmm. sense of just knowing that I could heal it from working through some of the emotional stuff and working with the plant medicines. So there's like this mm -hmm. energetic piece, whether there's actually science behind it or not, there's this energetic piece where you just heal on an emotional level or you just feel better. So you feel like you need to do more research or go out and try another protocol or reach out to someone like you. It does do something because I think a lot of people who are sick like that, they're just so depressed and so moody and so, you know, potentially suicidal if they're in mold and they're really, really bad. So I think it brought a level of like level headedness and somehow I was able to maintain my marriage, maintain, you know, bringing money in. I really think it was one of the levers. It was like a tool in my toolkit that would help me when I was at my really low points. I wish I had it during my health journey, but um, <laughs> I only had the macro dosing <laughs> my tool, my, in my toolbox. But you're, I, I totally concur. I, I offer, you know, um, when the timing's proper, you know, and I do hear really good, you know, good responses, but you know, we're not doing control. We don't know. Like, what it would be without it, you know? So, but it does seem to take mitigate, like you notice, I think it's a great offering, you know, to help people when the times are like super, super dark. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. That's, that's, thanks for sharing that, Matt. That's really deep. That's uh, incredible. I wish people knew more about it too, because there's hardly any side effects and, you know, studies show, you know, um, there's like maybe a 7% anxiety level, you know, but I usually think it's because they don't trust the medicine. They're not in integration, you know, in an integration program or, you know, integrate, integrating with me. And that can lead to problems, you know, if they don't trust where they are and the path and the medicine. Um, cause they're probably, you know, some of these are studies, they're just sterile environments. Um, yeah, but um, I think more and more studies will come out and also maybe the strains make a difference. You know, for me, like I love the B plus strain, uh, B positive. It's a little more sparkly, you know, for mushrooms um, and microdosing and um, less likely to have side effects. You know, I'm a pharm pharmacologist at heart, you know, kind of want to weigh the good and the bad and take the risks as needed kind of thing. But I do like the golden teacher strain, too very, you know, uh, I'm big into education and I think it, the curriculum of our life, the pain we feel in our life, the addictions, the shame, the journeys we've had, those are our curriculum. They're, they're meant to teach us. We can't push them away. That's put pushing a part of us away. And then that's damaging to the gut and our gut knows it. Yeah, so many tools for gut healing. 
Yeah. I mean, I wish more people also knew about or would be open to trying LSD because it, it's more of a synthetic, but as, as a microdose level, I think how we kind of spoke about everybody who was like they're battling because of their toxin load, they're actually drinking or smoking cannabis or doing a lot of, you know, even harder drugs to feel better and to feel good. And LSD was probably critical in me, like quitting partying. I got into uh, like Tools of Titans and Tim Ferriss back in like 2016. And he was talking about microdosing. And I started doing, listening to more podcasts around that. And I learned that LSD was part of the original AA protocol. And then I learned that you could yes. microdose it. And so that yeah. was probably pretty critical for me, like not feeling like I wanted to go to the bar and then really getting into like my health journey. So I wish more people would actually not be so scared of a small dose of LSD. And it's it's super cheap. It's like the cheapest thing you can find. I mean, if you it's obviously you got to find it first, but if you can find it, it's dirt cheap. And like you only use such a small amount that it just lasts a long time. And um, I mean, it really, really was critical. And a lot of my healing and getting out of partying and uh, alcoholism and things like that. That's, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. That's incredible. I love hearing that. I'm also a fan of ketamine. You know, it is a synthetic as well. And I'm also a fan of one-on-one um, assisted MDMA uh, medicine or rec even, you know, uh, under control, you know, safe circumstances, of course, you know, synth- synthetics, are can be a problem, you know, if they're overused, just like anything else, um, they may deplete too much. But then on the other hand, when they're lower doses, um, and microdosing, even, I feel like the, the what they offer is shifting our neurology. And it can be just incredible. What do you feel about ketamine? So I'm actually, I have never done ketamine. I have a couple friends who told me I need to go try it. There's a clinic uh, out here in Clearwater where a guy, I'm not sure if you've ever been on a, on a vibe bed. It's like a, a sound frequency vibration bed that's healing. It's okay. like a biohacking kind of bed. But uh, he, he puts you on the bed and then he does the high dose ketamine IV. And like some of my like biohacking health friends from around here are like super recommend it. So um, I'm supposed to go out there. I'll probably do it sometime this year and do like two or three treatments and do a podcast with him, the doctor over there. But um, I've heard some great results, but I haven't actually tried it myself, but I'm not against it. Mm, that's amazing. That's really cool. I've heard even like at home doses that work really well. My buddy likes to do cannabis with ketamine, like as a ceremony at his house. And he said, it's unreal. That sounds incredible. Yeah. One of my girlfriends does cannabis um, ceremonies. I just start to learn about it. It's can be pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try that. I think I'm going to do the IV first. And then that's like a larger dose where you're kind of just laying there. And then after I play with that, maybe try the smaller dose. Yeah. I've heard so many uh, big transformations. Yeah. Just one dose, one, one session. Yeah. And their life is just transformed. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It's not, yeah. It's not like nausea, you know, you're not like throwing up all night. Um, There is a bit of nausea if they're doing oral, but IV will counteract all that. Right. Um, And it can reset so much of the nervous system to get parts of the brain that hadn't talked before to talk. Maybe if it was childhood trauma, you know, or neglect, um, probably my case is more neglect, you know, and, 
and taking on ancestral trauma. Um, yeah, it, I think all these modalities are just so amazing and we're so lucky to have availability to it right now. Awesome. Yeah, the trauma piece is a big one. It's like the missing link for a lot of people, I think, in the like biohacking health space. They want to take 75 supplements a day, but overlook their marriage and their childhood trauma and everything else. So I'm glad that I was introduced to the plant medicines because it's kind of like a it's like a cheat code almost for trauma. It's like you do a big ceremony and you're like, wow, I probably could have went to therapy for 20 years and I wouldn't have got that. So I don't know. Maybe it's not for everybody, but it really helped me. I agree. Right. And I, I love like sober state with AA. Okay, great. But then they're still like white gripping something else. They're like usually addicted to work or addicted to athleticism, right? Or something else and not looking at their relationship to themselves. Yeah. yeah. And I they, wish they the practice... AA piece talked more about LSD. Yeah. It's such a unknown fact. Yeah, they the the this, the AA camp. I like it because obviously it's better than being an alcoholic or whatever. But then they're like just abstinent and they don't really do the inner work. And it's like I feel like with all the meditation and yoga and psychedelics and healing that I've done, like now I can have an old fashioned and a glass of wine with my wife at dinner, and I'm not going to spiral out of control. But it took a lot of inner work to do that. And so these people who just do AA. They kind of just remain abstinent, but they don't do any of that inner work. And so now they can never enjoy another substance again. They're never going to have another drink again. And to me, that's not really like living life. That's not enjoying all parts of and aspects of life. And I'm not saying you should go out and have 10 drinks every weekend. I'm talking about a nice dinner with your wife or with community and friends. Everyone's drinking wine. You should be able to have a glass or two and just enjoy that. And it brings good social connection you know, you feel a little loose. I enjoy that, you know? So I don't know. I think doing the work to where you can come back around and enjoy those experiences instead of feeling real like anxiety driven because everyone's having a glass of wine and you used to be alcoholic. I prefer to do a lot of work to where I'm, I'm no longer an alcoholic. So I don't care if people are drinking, I'll either have a drink or I won't. And so I think there's like a lot more work that can be done around AA for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I know we're running short on time. Why don't you tell everyone um, how to find you, find your website, how to work with you, anything that you want to plug? Um, you'll find me at thegutinstitute.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram. I think I'm on TikTok and Twitter. <laughs> um, so you reach out anytime. Uh, love uh, talking about all things health and sovereignty to health. Awesome. Cool. Stick around while I close out the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.